0: And let's spend this sixth session pondering the question, when it comes to spiritual leadership, what's love got to do with it? And if that gets a certain song stuck in your head, I apologize. And if it doesn't, consider yourself blessed. Um, because I'll be right up front with my answer to that question. What's love got to do with it when it comes to spiritual leadership? Everything. Love has everything to do with uh, spiritual leadership. Leadership without love is nothing. Leadership without love is nothing. And you might have already guessed, a pa- I mean, what possible passage of Scripture should I, could I po- go to to make that argument? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 where we will see God remind us leadership without love is nothing. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, So as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. I mean, such strong words there. One writer kind of put it this way, you know, it doesn't matter what else you've got going on for you as a leader. It doesn't matter what kind of natural leadership abilities or learned leadership abilities you have. If you don't have love, it's nothing. And he illustrated it this way. I mean, you write down a series of zeros. What does that add up to? Zero, right? Now, what does it add up to? 9,000, right? We, we, we've got something, right? And he kind of used the illustration, this first number is basically your love. And then all the zeros, those might be other talents, other, other things you got going for you, right? And so, hey, the more zeros, the better, right? Hey, the, the more talents you've got as a leader, the more skill you've got as a leader, great, We'll we'll take all of that, but if you don't have love, it, 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 none of it really matters, right? But then the, the love can be the the multiplier to all of that, right? I mean, somebody puts a check in for the taking ground in the offering this weekend that says that, right? Not not great. Somebody puts a check in for taking ground this weekend that says that. Hey, celebrate church. God has provided, right? Um, that first number is very important. And I think I think that's a helpful illustration even to think about with leadership, right? Again, the more, I mean, even some of these other things we're talking about, the more you can skillfully apply those things, great. It will make you a better leader. But if you don't have love, you're nothing. And then the more love you have, the more it will multiply anything else you have as a leader. And so first, let us let's define love. I mean, the Greek Word that's most commonly used to describe the love that we should have. I mean, well, there's multiple ones. There's agape, which, you know, the the Greek dictionary will define as a warm regard or interest for another. There's this idea of phileo, uh, brotherly love. It doesn't matter what else you have in common, you're brothers. Uh, therefore, you care about each other. So, I mean, let's just define love real Briefly, we kind of mentioned this last night, but it's a genuine care and commitment, genuine care and commitment to the good of others. where I genuinely care. So there, are, there is some level of, of feeling involved in this, I think, but it's, it's, not, uh, it's not just a feeling because it also comes with a commitment, right? I am committed to the good of others, right? And you think of, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Hey, I, I care and I am committed to love my wife. Well, hey, I, I care and I'm committed To care about what is best for the people around me at church or in my small group or or wherever that may be. Um, And to help us kind of flesh this out, let's turn from 1 Corinthians 13 to Colossians chapter 3. Where I think it fleshes this out where Colossians 3 tells us hey, these are the things you need to put to death as. A Christian, and then it gets to uh, verse twelve, saying, "This is what you need to put on." And, and I would suggest, even from some things in the text, love is kind of the banner that uh, flies over all of that. Right? All of these things that you're going to put on could be put under the banner of love. After all, Jesus, the Apostle Paul remind us, love fulfills the law. Right? The whole law is fulfilled in this one word or in this one command. But there's three things I want us to see about love here, starting in verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. So the first thing about love as a leader is it starts with a focus on God's love. Your ability To love other people will start with your understanding of God's love for you. The more you understand how much God loves you, the more you will love other people. And one place I think I love that I feel shows this is John 13, where it starts with Jesus showing this act of love through an act of service for his disciples. What does he do for his disciples there? He washes their feet. And right before he gets up to do that, it basically says, Jesus, you know, knowing who his father was. Uh, let me just read the exact phrase for you there. In John 13, three, it says, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, right? So it started even there with Jesus knowing, hey, God has got me. I came from the father. I'm going back to the father. He has given everything into my hands, right? The father loves me. Therefore, I am free now to love these other people. And I mean, think about what Jesus is about to experience. All of the people that he is about to wash their feet. He is about to be betrayed by one of them, And abandoned by the others. And he has done nothing but three years but love these knuckleheads and provide for them and be patient with them. And this is the result. Yet, as it says, he loves them to the end. And really, it's because he is secure in the Father's love. And if you're a spiritual leader, you are gonna be, like we talked about last night, pouring yourself out for others. And if you're always looking for them to pour back to you, guess what? It's not going to happen. And you're going to end up empty and dry. But if on the other hand, you've got like this spring flowing out from you, that's just God's love, right? Every time I'm empty and dry, I fill my cup from the never ending fountain of God's love for me. And in fact, I've just taken a a hose and plugged it straight into my cup. So my cup is always overflowing. You won't get that if you're looking to be filled up by other people. The only person that can fill you up that way is the Lord. And the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And if you want to lead others, you really have to believe that. You really have to believe that surely goodness and mercy, you know, which is even one of those words is hesed, that steadfast love got his his steadfast love his, his goodness tov the Hebrew word for good right they will follow me all the days of my life and because I'm confident from that I can wake up another day and pour myself out for other people even if it taxes me hey God's got me and I didn't come from God like Jesus did but I am going to God and that's where I will be for eternity If you want to lead because of the response you think you'll get, that's a bad idea. If you want to lead so that you can share a little bit of the love that Jesus has shown you, that's a great idea, right? And that's the place you need to be in. And it leads to humility. And so another thing that we see here kind of from this next, uh, these next phrases put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, starting with God's love for us, Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. And you even see a progression there. It really starts with your heart. Put on a compassionate heart. And then humility, I mean, these are more things that are very much internal. And then they start to affect how we treat others with meekness or patience, right? So another thing about love Is it changes our fundamental feelings towards others. You will view people differently because you love them. So it changes our fundamental feelings towards others and that's those those words things like kindness or even just compassion right when you look at others you don't view them as oh, right there's those people i don't like or there's that guy that just is always late to life group or that guy that never responds to my texts right instead you will say hey i i have compassion for that person i love that person and you won't view yourself as better than Others because you've got humility towards others and that's going to lead to meekness and patience. And so it starts with our attitudes, but our attitudes will bleed into our tone. That even as you deal with other people, there will be a warmth about you. There will be a generosity to you because you're not doing something because you think you're so much better. You're not uh, giving to get something in return, right? Right? Um, you, you know, there, there's a kindness and, and, you, and you never want to make somebody feel stupid, right? You don't want to embarrass somebody because you might have somebody that they share something that it's like, whoa, you're talking about that book and that, that book actually is pretty sketchy, right? That's, that's what you're thinking, right? But if you blow up the person, you'll be like, what? You've read that book? Don't you know that book is horrible? I mean, how, how's that going to make that person feel, right? Does that express humility, meekness, and patience, right? And I'm not saying you're wrong to talk to that person and to address that. No, you you should do that. You don't want people reading horrible books or listening to false teaching, but you do it in a way that's like, hey, so tell me, like, when did you read that book and what things did you get out of it? Well, have you ever heard about this? Or have you, what'd you think of this part of the book? And try to engage them to help show them that there's some some problematic things in there in a way that doesn't just come across like, what an idiot. Why would you ever think that's a good book, right? There's a warmth, a generosity, a meekness, a gentleness in all of this. Again, this is not about telling people what to do, not asserting your power or authority, right? And some of you, you, you have an official position in the church. Some of you don't, but that is something that is rarely, if ever, something that you want to use, right? Even as a pastor, I don't want to go around every day being like, well, hey, I'm your pastor. So go, do this, right? No, I want to point people to the scriptures and say, hey, this is what the Bible says. So go and do this. I don't want to make it, you don't want to make it about your position. You want to make it about the Bible. You want to make it about the Lord. And then in the next phrases, it all kind of takes on even a, a stronger sense with, you're bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So now we're, we're really getting into, okay, this person is not doing what they're supposed to do or they're, they're not getting with the program as fast as they should. What should I do? Be patient. Hey, they said something about me that was mean. Forgive, right? Uh, and so that's where, like we talked about, last night. The third thing that love will do, it leads to a willingness to endure. And you think through, what are you enduring? I mean, one word I would maybe sum it up is like mistreatment or wrong, right? You will get mistreated. You will be wrong. Things will happen to you that you have to We talked about that last night. You want to lead others, prepare to be mistreated. You will be misunderstood. You will be mischaracterized. And you have to navigate all of that where uh, you're not perfect. And that's always difficult, where you will do something that you're like, okay, yeah, that, that wasn't the best thing that I should have done. But then that will get taken and blown way out of proportion so now you're being criticized with, yeah, there is a nugget of truth to that. I wish I hadn't done that or, or said that. But now you're saying, I'm, I, you know, I'm a terrible person in this. And I don't think that's true, right? Or you will pour yourself out for somebody and they'll stab you in the back or they'll walk away from the faith and, and say all kinds of nasty things about you as, as they do. And that, that's where we need some of these things, patience. Uh, some other translations, I think you know, it's an old school word. That's why it's not used, but it's a better picture of the of the Greek word is long suffering is the idea of patience. Long suffering, right? Hey, I, because I love you, I'm willing to suffer and, and I'll do that for a long time, right? Because I love you and bearing with one another, right? We're putting up with Others. I mean, as a leader, there's lots of times you've frankly just got to be the bigger person. And you have to say, I'm going to just stop defending myself. I'm going to be gracious to this person. I'm going to fall on my own sword, right? And then apologize to this person and and try to move on, even though, yeah, because there is something I could have done better. Uh, There's 10 things they could have done better, and they're not seeing any of them, but okay, I'm going to be the bigger person and move on here, right? And forgiving, right? You're going to have to set the tone in this. And there are times when you're going to have to forgive unilaterally, right? Where this person isn't confessing, they're not owning up to what they've done, but it's one of those situations where, hey, as we'll talk in another session, this is not a church discipline situation. This is not, they're in some flagrant, unrepentant sin, but there's something they're doing that is annoying or they said something that was unfair and they haven't seen that, uh, but okay, I'm going to forgive them in my heart and I'm going to move on. I mean, this is critical to leadership. What's love got to do with it? Everything to do with it. And honestly, what, what drives, you know? especially I network with other pastors and things like that, what, what drives people out of ministry probably more than anything else? It's I get, the people get tired of dealing with people, right? Because it's not easy and it's not fun. And you'll find, hey, I'm pouring myself out for other people. What am I like? What do, I'm going to stop doing that. And I'm just going to go enjoy my life and stop worrying about other people. And you could do that. But that's where I would say, well, does, does that really reflect love? I mean, Paul probably visited some pretty beautiful places right there in, in Turkey and in Greece around the Aegean Sea. He could have said, you know what? Forget you people right? I've been to some cool places. I'm going to go hole up in one and just chill out, right? But he didn't say that. He said, I love you guys. My heart is wide open to you. And he kept on serving other people. Prepare yourself with that mindset. Go, go into seeking to lead and, and be a positive change and agent and a catalyst in the church for growth. Uh, be prepared for that to be a very hard road, a, a thankless road a lot of the time, but keep going because you you actually do care about other people. Any questions on this? These these first two, I mean, we started a little late and then these first two are a little longer because they're both pretty important. Try to pick up the pace from here, but any questions? Yeah. It changes our fundamental feelings towards others. Other questions?